welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I'd like to just say firstly, I'm really sorry for the quality of my voice. It's not the recording, I just generally have a really sore throat today, I apologise. I'm also recording in the middle of the day, which I don't usually do, so... Just as a heads up, I apologise now. This is a really fun one this week that pretty much everyone has at least heard of once in their life. They're so important, they're still part of the Zodiac. And of course, we're talking about centaurs. A centaur is a creature from Greek mythology with the upper body of a human and the lower body and legs of a horse. Centaurs were thought of in many Greek myths as being wild, as untamed horses, and they live in Magnesia, Mount Pelion in Thessaly, Elis and Laconia in Greece. Apparently, there were another tribe of centaurs who also lived in Cyprus, who were fathered by a frustrated Zeus after Aphrodite fobbed him off. Don't ask me how, I don't know, I don't want to know. They certainly won't be the only figures in Greek mythology to be made primarily out of god sperm. They were often represented drawing the chariot of Dionysus, the god of wine and partying, or bound and ridden by Eros, the Greek version of Cupid, so the god of love and relationships, to allude to their drunken and shag anything that moved habits. In contrast, they're also linked to future telling, astrology, prophecy in the Greek world, as there are a lot of links of them to Apollo, the god of prophecy who ruled over the legendary oracle at Delphi. Centaurs are just generally described as wild, lawless, and not very nice creatures who are the slaves of their animal habits. There are one or two exceptions to this rule, but we'll talk about these specific centaurs later on. Due to this barbaric nature, they fought using rough branches of trees and stones as weapons, and they were predominantly men. However, female centaurs did exist and were just called centauresses, which is a bit lame. The most common theory is that the idea of centaurs came from the first reaction of a non-riding culture to come into contact with people who were mounted on horses, which is a really cool reflection of the development of civilization, I think. But now it's time for my favorite part, it's etymology. The Greek word for centaur is kantoros. Ken and toros means piercing bull. However, it has been argued that it could also mean bull slayer, as there was a tradition in Thessaly, where they're from, of hunting bulls on horseback, which is a cool little fact for a pub quiz. Now on to origins. There are a lot of myths to do with centaurs, but the OG, the original, is that of Ixion. Ixion was the king of the Thalassian tribe of the Lapiths, and he assassinated his father-in-law whilst he was hosting him at his house. Now, important side note, this is called Xenia. So when you're hosting someone at your house and they are your guest and you do something to disrespect them or you kill them or whatever, it's called Xenia. It was one of Zeus's big rules and he was very, very passionate about it and making sure it was followed. Look up the myth of Sisyphus if you don't believe me. So for this, Ixion ended up being banished from his own kingdom but Zeus kind of felt sorry for this king losing power I guess it hit a bit too close to home for him and he actually invited him to live on Olympus with him and the other gods and I'm just going to say now that this is possibly the highest honour within Greek mythology and very very few mortals were ever allowed to set foot on Olympus 
let alone live there. Another exception to that would be Ganymede, who was Zeus's cupbearer. However, Ixion, being the douchebag that he was, decided that he really fancied Hera, Zeus's wife and queen of Olympus. He didn't even get a chance to go after Hera before Zeus twigged it, so Zeus made a cloud. Yes, a literal cloud, and I will say that this is also the creation myth of clouds as a thing in Greek mythology. Now, clouds are called nephele in Greek, and they are still to this day, and that's what this cloud was called. So Zeus made it in the shape of Hera, and Ixion, the idiot, of course then had his way with said cloud, and Zeus knew that he would have done the same to his wife. So then Zeus gave Ixion one of the internal punishments that he was really, really good at creating. Again, look at Sisyphus and Prometheus, and he was doomed to be tied on an eternally spinning fiery wheel. However, all was not lost. From the copulation with the cloud, Centaurus was born. He was a horrific sight, a monster really, who went ahead and mated with the Magnesian mares and produced the centaur's race of half-person, half-horse. The centaurs are best known for their fight with the Lapiths, who were actually, obviously, their cousins. The battle was called the Centauromachy, which was caused by the centaur's attempt to carry off Hippodamia and the rest of the Lapith women on Hippodamia's wedding day, where she was getting married to Pirithus, who was the king of the Lapithae and son of Ixion. Theseus, as in the Theseus who killed the Minotaur Theseus, Theseus, the leader of Thebes, happened to be at the wedding and helped defeat the centaurs. The centaurs were beaten and fled off into the woodland. However, Canaeus, who was another hero with invulnerable skin, was also there, and actually he was beaten into the earth by the centaurs as he couldn't be hurt with weapons, and they buried him alive, killing him. How fun! Now, one of only two centaurs not descended from Ixion's shagging of a cloud was Chiron, who was the son of Kronos. Yes, Titan Kronos, big daddy of all the Olympians, Kronos ate all of his kids Kronos, which strangely makes Chiron a half-brother of all the Olympian gods, which is kind of wild. Chiron is a very important figure in Greek mythology, although he could be called the ultimate side character. He had a hand in raising almost every Greek hero, alongside actually a Greek god himself. His origin was maybe a little sadder than the others. He was born to Kronos, who was originally disguised as a horse at the time, and the Oceanid Philera, and she completely rejected and abandoned Chiron due to his features, as he had just horse back legs, but the front legs of a human. If you can imagine that, it's a horrible sight. He was then adopted by Apollo, the god of light, music and healing, and his twin sister Artemis, goddess of the hunt, the moon and virginity, amongst other things. They taught him medicine, herbs, music, archery, hunting, gymnastics and prophecy, and made him get over his centaurish nature. Chiron was especially known for his skill with medicine, and to this day is considered the father of botany and pharmacy, the science of herbs and medicine, which I think is lovely. He was also the first official centaur, and the only one of them to ever be revered as an incredible teacher and friend. In fact, he even tutored Dionysus, god of wine, when he was a baby, as he was hidden away in Greece, away from Hera's jealous rage. He taught him all of the joys of music, dances and chants. However, most impressively, Chiron taught all of the heroes from Greek mythology that people can even recite today. A quick list of them includes Asopius, Ajax, Aeneas, Actaeon, Theseus, Castoron Pollux, Achilles, Nestor, Odysseus, Patroclus, Jason, Telamon, Perseus, and even Heracles. 
Heracles also had another wise centaur as a companion, and his name was Pholus. He too had the forelegs of a human and was born of two nymphs rather than Ixion and the Cloud, and he was basically Heracles' buddy throughout his travels. And he was there until the fourth labour, which is unfortunately where everything went wrong. This labour was responsible for both Chiron and Pholus' death. Chiron very bravely gave up his immortality to save the titan Prometheus, who, if you didn't know, was eaten alive every day by vultures for giving humans fire. It was one of Heracles' tasks to save Prometheus, so Chiron very kindly gave up his immortality to save him, but it did leave him completely vulnerable to attack. Just as a side note here as well, Pholus was already mortal, so that's his problem. They accompanied Heracles on his fourth labour, the Aramanthian boar, and during dinner they opened a sacred bottle of Dionysus's wine, which attracted the drunken centaurs, led by Nessus. Very important figure, note it for later. Heracles fired a bunch of arrows poisoned by the Linnaean Hydra's blood, and one of them hit Chiron in the thigh, killing him instantly. In his curious nature, Pholus picked up one of the arrows to inspect it and accidentally dropped it on his own hoof, killing him too. It's really dumb, but it's quite funny. But to just finish off this story, the sad but dumb Heracles did also get his comeuppance as he was eventually killed by the same centaur in pretty much the same way, but a lot more bloody. Long story short, Heracles killed Nessus for trying to rape his wife, another incident, and shot him with an equally hydro-poisoned arrow. The centaur then gave his wife his bloody cloak telling her that it would revive waning love. Then Heracles kind of looked like he was going to leave her, so she gave him the cloak and the poison blood of Nessus melted all of his skin from his bones and killed him. That's legit how Heracles died, it's kind of gross. That leads us nicely on to cultural significance, so most importantly we have to talk about the stars. It's said that Zeus was so upset at Chiron's death that he placed him amongst the stars as the constellation Sagittarius, which in turn became one of the 12 zodiac signs, specifically from November 23rd and December 21st. People born under his sign are said to be intelligent, curious, compassionate and honest, just like Chiron. There is a debate too whether it's actually the Centaurus constellation that's for Chiron and Sagittarius is actually Crotus, who was the satyr son of the nature god Pan, who invented archery, but I like to believe it's Chiron, who gave up immortality to save another. You can see centaurs in a whole load of art. My personal favourite is the modern interpretation of a centaur family by Jeanne Collier II, painted in 1578 and is currently at the British Museum in London. Another gorgeous painting is that of Pallas and the Centaur, painted by Botticelli in 1482, which is just stunning. Now onto statues, there's a gorgeous statue of a centaur kidnapping a nymph in Paris. I know the subject matter is a bit gross, but the statue is actually beautiful. It's in the gardens next to the Louvre, and it was made in 1892 by Laurent Marqueste. There's another statue in the Louvre itself called the Older Centaur. Its brother statue, the Younger Centaur, is in the Capitolini Museum in Rome, and they're actually called the Furietti Centaurs. Lastly for statues, there is an awesome statue of Theseus defeating a centaur in the Kunsthistorics Museum in Vienna, Austria. It was sculpted between 1804 and 1819 by Antonio Canova, which is truly, truly breathtaking. It's marble, absolutely gorgeous if you want to see a piece of history in the making. 
Lastly, on the actual physical stuff, and quite humorously I'll add, the remains of the centaur of Volus were made in 1980 by artist Bill Williers when he combined the bones of a human with those of a Shetland pony. He even tea-stained them both for an authentic look and the first ever centaur skeleton was born. Since 1994, the piece has been on display at the University of Tennessee as part of an exhibit called The Centaur Excavations of Volos. However, it was first displayed at the Madison Art Centre before touring other colleges in the mid-1980s before being handed back over to the uni in the 1990s, where it was in storage for a few years before the exhibition started in 94. Movie-wise, there have been a whole load of films with centaurs in, as they feature in pretty much every fantasy series going. Specifically though, Chiron himself had a really big role in Percy Jackson The Lightning Thief series, with Pierce Brosnan and Anthony Head playing him in the first and second instalments. They're a really important race in the Harry Potter series too, with Firenze the centaur saving Harry in the Philosopher's Stone, or Sorcerer's Stone if you're in the US. He later became the Professor of Divination after Trelawney got the sack, and fought in the Battle of Hogwarts, he nicely links back to the idea of centaurs being keen with prophecies and stargazing, probably inspired by Chiron. They also took Dolores Umbridge off in the Order of the Phoenix, which represents their wilder side, I suppose. But we don't support JK Rowling on this podcast, so I'm not even going to delve into her inspirations because she's gross. They're also in Disney's Fantasia and Hercules, and actually, I believe the River Guardian in Hercules was actually meant to be Nessus, which is quite cool. And they're also in that Netflix original movie Bright with Will Smith. Last of the bigger movies, they were in The Chronicles of Narnia, where they all fought the White Witch. They have big old horns and stuff. They're also in Prince Caspian, the second Narnia film and book, with the centaur actually being quite an important role in the story. The more you know. TV-wise, they've been in Parks and Recreation, The Simpsons, regular show My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Futurama, and even the Old Spice adverts, which is my personal favourite. Games, again, they're in a whole bunch, so get ready. Dungeons and Dragons, Age of Mythology, Bayonetta, Guild Wars, God of War, Fallout 3, Titan Quest, Mortal Kombat, League of Legends, Skylanders, and my absolute favourite being World of Warcraft, with one of the main godlike characters in it being a centaur in their mythology. Now for books, a lot of movies mentioned have books attached, but obviously this is Greek mythology too. Stephen Fry's Heroes features Chiron a lot as he was very important to the story of Achilles, Heracles, Jason and Aesopius, as we talked about earlier. However, I would also recommend Artemis Fowl by Owen Colfer or The Centaur by John Updike. Or for more fact people, I would say give Heroes a read or any Greek monster facts books, that's what I tend to do anyway. I've been really enjoying a DK book at the moment. It's made for kids, but I don't care. It's called Mythical Beasts and Magical Creatures. It's a gorgeously illustrated book and it's just got enough info to keep you interested. It's a really good one if you've got kids as well, but I'm a simple person with simple needs. I'll do a quick shout out to some graphic novels and manga that I found as well. So they're in the manga Bleach, they're in the manga series Yu-Gi-Oh! and One Piece. I'd also just like to shout out something that I'm reading at the moment. It is called Law Olympus. It's a it's not a graphic novel or a manga so to say it's like a webtoon comic kind of thing about Persephone and her relationship with Hades and the rest of the gods and actually 
Chiron was recently featured in it, literally in the last like two episodes, and was a lady, lady centaur therapist. So that's quite nice. Now it's time for do I think they existed? I'm sure you all hate that as well. In short, no. But I think the idea of centaurs is something that is quite brilliant. I love this idea of the contrast between the educated and kind Chiron to the rest of his rowdy, insatiable bunch of horsemen. And I think what they represent is really important to viewing our development as a culture. And it seems to me that the various battles that centaurs were engaged in epitomise the struggle between civilization and barbarism prevalent in Greek mythology and in the current times which we see in the way that Zeus and the other gods treat women bar Hades you're all right the way they treat humans and the way that the ancient Greeks treated each other it was pretty barbaric but the idea that there were one or two centaurs that were kind and wanted to help others I really love that but no the eugenics of a half horse half man existing is pretty preposterous however I love horses so I'm not against it Maybe that weird artist in Tennessee was on something and there's like a weird human centipede style inspo going on and we can transplant ourselves onto horses one day. I don't know, I certainly don't volunteer, that's for certain. Ah, that was a cool one. You've probably guessed by now, especially if you follow my Twitter, that Greek mythology is my absolute favourite. I just love it. If we end up meeting in person at all, I will honestly talk your head off if you mention anything to do with something ancient Greek and centaurs are no exception. Next week, we're heading over back to the Norse and kind of general world mythology because it's all about the legendary Kraken. Come get your tentacles in a twist with me and this Leviathan of the Deep next Thursday. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd love to hear from you. The Twitter is at MythMonstersPod or the Instagram is at MythMonstersPodcast. Or you can email me old-fashioned style at MythMonstersPodcast at gmail.com. And do share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes.